Welcome to the Leadership Works podcast. Normally, I have my wife with me, Karen Conley, but today I have Sue Stridham with me. Sue is my executive assistant. While Karen Conley is the most amazing woman I know, Sue is a close, close second. And these two ladies make my world go around and just are brilliant in every way. And so today, what I wanted to do is interview Sue Stridham about what it means to have a great working relationship with your executive assistant. There's so many best practices that we want to introduce to you today. And so, Sue, welcome to the Leadership Works podcast. Thanks. Tell us where you're from, Sue. I'm from the UK, and I came to California, spent five or six years there, and then I came to Memphis in 2007. Not only that, tell us about your significant other that also works for us at High Point Church. Oh, yeah. He's pretty special. Piet Stridham, he heads up Celebrate Recovery that we have at High Point, and he also heads up local missions, so everything that we're doing around the city to help people out. So Piet is a great leader in his own right. He and Sue make a dynamic team. A little known fact about Sue, maybe in this podcast audience, is she's one of the best cooks ever. So uh, (laughs) if you ever get invited to their house, do not miss the opportunity because when you put Piet and Sue together, they are a dynamic duo. We love those guys. But what we want to do today is we want to talk about the leadership dynamic that exists between executive leader or some type of manager in their personal assistant, their administrative assistant. Sue is my executive assistant. But we want to talk about the best practices because in our world, there are so many things that bombard us every day that demand our attention. And we need someone that comes alongside of us and helps us make sense of all the chaos and someone that can help us prioritize and someone that can can think with us and, and help us accomplish accomplish the things that are part of our vision and part of our mission, part of our goals. So what we want to do is we want to share with you some of those best practices. Now, I've had probably five or six different executive assistants, administrative assistants in my lifetime. And she is by far the best one I've ever had, all right? (laughs) You're going to get hate mail. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if any of my other assistants are listening, I love you and you're great, but I do still have to hold by the statement. Sue is not only the best one, but also the best cook, so that gives her an edge. (laughs) All right, so Sue, let's first and foremost talk about the importance of understanding a common definition of excellence with your boss. Wow, that's a really tough question. (laughs) Yeah, so when you think about instead of us having a different definition or if we're not on the same page in the Mm -hmm. world of excellence, then there's always going to be a disconnect. So talk about the importance of learning kind of what your boss's preferences are, what his standard of excellence is, and what you need to do to match that standard. It helps if there's already a level of excellence that you come with. So you're not starting from a blank canvas. So that's definitely a bonus. I think as much as having that standard of excellence is a strength, it can also be a weakness because I definitely suffer from perfectionism. So there's some aspects where I can lean on you and knowing your preferences where I know where I can just feel at peace when things aren't perfect. So just understanding 
what my own level of excellence looks like and then understanding what yours looks like, which obviously you learn through experience working on different projects. But just marrying those two together is huge and just understanding what your level of expectation is. And usually that will match mine, but sometimes it doesn't, which is totally fine. It's very important to also understand that different projects have different levels of excellence. There are times that we don't have to hit the same standard of excellence with maybe a common task. But there are other things that it's vitally important. We not only hit a standard of excellence, but we go above and beyond. So in the world of us always having too much to do, and when you talk about that you're a perfectionist, speak into that a little bit about knowing kind of these are the things that are high priority and this is the standard. And these are the things that there are times it's legitimate that good is good enough. That, again, is a hard question because I still struggle with good is good enough on a lot of things. I think because we're in the people business, anything that involves people or has an impact on people in any way, then I want that to be excellent. I want people to experience the wow, and I want us to be memorable. But I think as well when it comes to just the general culture of High Point or just the general office area, if we're laying foundational characteristics down as to what it means to be, in this case, a staff member at High Point, that needs to be excellent. So there's definitely those fundamentals that I just want to aim high and hit those high targets. When it comes to accepting that good is good enough, yeah, that's still a tough one for me. Yeah, and that's where, as the boss, there's times I need to be proactive in that, and Mm -hmm. I need to give permission, and I need to say, okay, I know this is your normal standard of excellence, and I know this might take you this amount of time. I don't need that right now. Right. It's okay. This is just for my eyes, or this is just for some internal purpose. Hey, good is good enough on this project. So there's times it's important for me to give you that permission to adjust the standard. And with that comes a level of confidence from both of us in that I'm not taking that personally from you. You don't think I'm capable of taking it to a level of excellence. So I never take that personally. But you know that I'm not going to take it personally. So you are totally open and free to say that stuff to me, which is huge. Just having that openness of communication between us. You just always believe the best about someone. And again, that underlies everything that we do. So that's another important quality to have a healthy working relationship. What we've got to do is we've got to be willing to give each other developmental feedback. Mm -hmm. So at High Point, we don't use the term constructive criticism. I've never felt good when I felt criticized. Mm -hmm. But there are times that we need to give one another developmental feedback. Mm -hmm. And we want to create the type of relationship where you, you're observing me more than anybody. Mm -hmm. And that you have permission to speak into something that you witnessed, permission to speak into something that you saw, and be able to give me that developmental feedback. And then I have the same permission with you. Talk about how it can be maybe intimidating initially to give your boss developmental feedback, but what are some ways that you have found that to be effective in our relationship? Well, it helps me to know that you are always wanting to learn and you're always wanting to improve. So just having that baseline, I know that whatever I bring to the table is going to be well received. But you're also very comfortable to either accept my input or not, (laughs) which is totally fine. So 
I feel like a responsibility I have if I see something that I want to bring to attention, it's my responsibility to bring it to your attention. It's not my responsibility what you do with that. And the same goes for when you speak into my life. But I think, again, we're both on a level where we want to be the best version of us that we can possibly be. And that involves people speaking into us, and it involves responding to things that need a response. Right. There's a unique dynamic that exists in this type of work relationship between a leader and your executive assistant. And that unique dynamic is actually in this particular situation, your identity is really, and I know this maybe even sounds bad, but I don't mean it this way, is really to help me be the best me that I can be. Mm -hmm. Your identity is to compliment me. Your identity is help me fulfill my vision. So talk about some of the ways that you really embrace coming alongside of me, representing me, speaking into matters, even when I'm not present with my voice. Yeah. It's interesting as you're talking, I'm just aware that looking back over the years I've always seen my role to be one of basically supporting other people in their calling whether that's ministry or not but I see myself as being the person who helps make someone's vision possible so that's exactly what I do day to day in that way talk about what it means to see that when I win we win Yeah, the nature of this working relationship is we're kind of inseparable because I represent you in everything that I do, whether it's internally in meetings or externally with visitors. It doesn't matter. Everything that I say or communicate or do is a representation of who you are and what your vision is and how you operate. So in some ways, that's a pressure. But I think it's a good pressure because it raises the bar. And on the days when I just would settle for less, it forces me to operate at a higher standard because that's the expectation that you would have of me. But it's also the expectation I have of myself. One of the things I love about that standard and you representing me in the first impression is that it really throws people off to my southern draw when you answer the <laughs> phone and represent me. I get more comments about that than anything. <laughs> yes, yes. So no one's really expecting in Memphis, Tennessee, that Sue Stridham from the UK is representing Chris Conley. So we like to throw people off with that. I'll make you look really posh. Exactly. <laughs> Give me a lot more class than I normally operate with. Sue, we all know that a lot of times visionary leaders are more big picture thinkers. Mm -hmm. And they're maybe not as strong in the details. Mm -hmm. To come along in an executive assistant way, you're trying to help take these big picture ideas and find the details and break them down into action points and into something that we can actually accomplish. So the details are so, so important. What would you say are some of the ways that you'll see me dream out loud and you'll begin to think in advance and and really kind of be proactive and start putting those ideas into actionable details? Well, the initial internal response when you start dreaming out loud is probably panic (laughs) because Chris is having yet another visionary idea. Yes. So once that's calmed down, I mean, a lot of it is just the whole story of how do you eat an elephant? It's just one bite at a time. So when we know what the end goal is or some idea of what the end goal is, 
the way we get there is just literally one step at a time. So what do those steps need to be? And I think you've done a lot of teaching on that to us as a staff anyway in terms of you break a project down into smaller chunks and then you take each of those chunks and break it down into even smaller chunks and then each of those breaks down into to-do list kind of thing. So it's just once you see it mapped out, well, this is how my brain works, it's way more doable because it's not quite so overwhelming. The asset to me is that I know that we can be having a conversation and it gives me the ability to operate in my area of gifting that I can be in that vision mode and you can be looking for when I do begin to get into strategy or Mm -hmm. I do begin to get into timelines, you know to start capturing those details And then we can then follow up and say, okay, what's the priority of that? What's the timeline of that? Mm -hmm. And then the Leadership Works Conference is a perfect example of this. We are hosting an incredible conference for executive, established, and emerging leaders. This conference is definitely something that came out of my heartbeat and vision, but this conference would not exist without Sue Stridham, without Holly Scarborough. The two of you are truly the ones that make that conference exist. So in that way, it's vital for us as the leaders to make sure that you as the teammate feel valued in that way and that you have the tools necessary. So speak to us for a moment as the big picture vision leaders. What helps in this relationship for us to not only equip you, but to encourage you and help you feel valued when you're pulling off all the tasks? One of the big things is obviously nothing stays the same from one end of the project to the other. So there's always change and anticipating that change is really helpful. But when the change happens, one thing that we have that works really well for us is if I wave a flag and say this isn't working or we need to rethink this, you're not so gung-ho on no, it needs to be done my way that you won't listen to input And generally, you'll just let me run with it. If we achieve the end result, that's great. How we get there is up to the worker bees. That's huge, just knowing that you welcome that flexibility where flexibility is needed is a massive part of that. What would be areas in your job where you feel like you get the most satisfaction of a job well done and it makes what you do feel like well done good and faithful servant it makes you feel like okay this is worth because you are not an eight to five person i'm not (laughs) an eight to five person you are really living this and kind of with me in the whole 24 7 of this what are those moments along the way that you go okay this is what makes my job worth it i'm very project oriented so at the end of every project i feel that just that sense of completion but i feel it even more when there is any kind of story of life change and we see people actually impacted and to know that you've been involved in something that changes people's lives in whatever it doesn't have to be a big way it could be tiny but knowing that you've been responsible for that is huge But I think as well, because we spoke earlier, I represent you and I'm here to support you in your vision. When I know that you're pleased with something, so either the end of a project or halfway through something, 
that's huge for me just having that sense that what I'm doing is actually what's supposed to be happening and it's fulfilling the dream that you had in the first place that's pretty rewarding to all the leaders out there it's very very important that you never take the people closest to you for granted mm-hmm. we've got to make sure that we don't just think oh well they know it's understood that they're appreciated i would really really encourage you to go out of your way that if you think something speak it yes any boss out there just be vocal in encouragement and affirmation it just means way more than anyone would even anticipate one of the things that we do is we host a lot of people we go from across the spectrum of whether it be counseling and sometimes someone's in crisis whether it be hosting other leaders or hosting other pastors and things of that nature what would you say are some of the approaches you take in the way that you set the standard of excellence in the way that we host people and and how do we try to make someone feel when they come to the pastor's office because sometimes for different people that can be intimidating Mm -hmm. and we want to make sure there's certain environment there's a certain feeling there that they walk away with yeah there is a lot of intimidation especially when people are meeting in your office there's a perception there that you're the big man of the church and unapproachable so The fact that we have a great office that people can walk into is huge with a comfy corner and a plush rug and a fantastic couch. I think people are often surprised when they walk in. So first impressions are are big in that sense. We want people to walk in and not feel intimidated. You have pictures of your family on the wall. You know, it just disarms people a little bit. One thing that we try to do, which we haven't done very well, is just having snacks and refreshments on hand for people. Because, again, everyone loves to eat, and that just makes people more comfortable. And I think, too, especially if I think you have a lot of people come who are in crisis, it's not treating them like they're in the middle of a crisis. It's just talking to them like they're normal human beings, showing hospitality. They deserve that no matter what's going on in their life. Absolutely. Then there are other times that we have the privilege of bringing guests in, maybe from out of town. And we always say at High Point that first impressions are thrillers or killers. (laughs) And we want to make a, a memorable impact upon their life. What are some of the ways that you try to represent me in that way and go above and beyond to honor people? I think it all comes under the banner of hospitality. We're not there to entertain people or give them a fabulous time in that entertainment kind of realm. We want them to go away having had a great time, remembering their time with us. So small things generally speak the loudest. So if we have an out-of-town person coming in to visit, find out what their likes are, their dislikes, what food do they eat, what can we give them to take home to their families, do they have kids, what are their kids' names, you know, just hobbies, what's the interest points in Memphis that we could take them to, have they ever had barbecue before, all that kind of stuff. It's just finding out who the people are and caring about what interests them and what makes them tick. Yeah, you're better at this than you realize because a couple months back I was in Dallas And I ran into J. Mark McVeigh. He played Jean Valjean in Les Mis more than anyone in the history of the play. 
And when we had him here at High Point, you hosted him, and then you and Piet had him over to the house for dinner. I was in Dallas. The first thing he said to me was not, hey, Chris, how you doing? It's like, man, that dinner at Sue's house was amazing. (laughs) So it is a bonus that you can cook the way that you can, but it is so neat to see that you take that special interest in people. So the last thing that I want to ask, I think this is perhaps... My favorite quality about our working relationship that I think is something that can be embraced by other leaders is that because we have a common understanding of our standard of excellence and because we have been able to talk candidly with one another and give one another developmental feedback, when I give you an assignment, I can just talk about the result I want instead of having to tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a results-based conversation, and it's not a conversation that's based upon, hey, I need you to do A, B, C. So I'm not thinking for you. I'm trusting you just to go get it done. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, what is needed in order for you to be able to have confidence that we're on the same page and that we can communicate that way in this results-based conversation and we can skip all the how-to and we can just be in sync. Knowing your big picture end goal helps figure out what your small picture end goals are. So everything you initiate is always building towards the big picture of what you're trying to achieve. So that's always helpful to keep in mind. It creates a really healthy roadmap. So if I have any doubts as to how this fits in, I can either figure it out or just ask you because I know there's a plan somewhere and it fits. I think the clear communication part is huge. If I don't understand what you're saying, I just ask you. Yes. Rephrase it. Tell me that in 10 other ways so it's ingrained in me. And I'm happy to ask that. You are one of the most patient <laughs> bosses I know when it comes say to... Say that again, please. Not everybody <laughs> believes that. <laughs> you Seriously, you will say things over and over again if you know that it's going to sink in. You're happy to repeat it. So that's really helpful for me to know I can ask for clarity, even if I have to ask more than once. So that's good. The other thing that's great, especially at High Point, is we have an incredible team of staff... So I know pretty much everything that we do, I'm not necessarily doing it single-handedly. As much as I'm representing you, I have other people with gifts and talents and areas of expertise that I lack that are more than happy to step in. And that's a huge part of it too, knowing that I have that support system and we all win together. So one of the things I would encourage all the leaders out there to do is have a conversation about how to build a results-based relationship with your executive assistant, with your team, so that we're not having to think for one another, but rather we know what the end result is, and then we can go work on it. Now, I want to close by saying this. Karen Conley always says this. Behind every good man, there is a great woman. 
But she says when it comes to Chris Conley, there's not just one great woman. There needs to be like 20 great women to get all that (laughs) stuff done. You have just listened to Sue Stridham, who is one of those great women. Incredible, incredible asset to this team and amazing in all the things that get done at High Point Church. So if you are a High Pointer, you owe her a big gratitude. If you are a part of the Leadership Works Conference, she's the one that has made this happen. Sue, tell people where they can find you on social media. I have a blog that I don't keep up with very much at all, thestridums.com. And I'm on Facebook, but I couldn't tell you what I am. Sue Stridum. <laughs> Instagram, I think, is Stridum Sue. All of that is probably because she is keeping up with my Facebook <laughs> and all of my social media. Maybe the better question is, Sue, where can people find me on social media? Yeah, you're on Facebook. Yes. Chris Conley 54. There we go. Uh, you are on Twitter, Chris Conley. At Chris Conley. Instagram, Conley Chris. Yes, I need to post on Instagram. I'm pretty bad about that. So I've got to up my game and all that You should world. get your assistant on that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we are so grateful that you are a part of this Leadership Works podcast. You can find us in two places. You can find us at highpointmemphis.com. You can also find us at leadershipworksconference.org. Please invite a friend to listen to this podcast or give a review. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. <laughs>